On today's show, we've got the biggest questions the Mavericks have to answer before training camp starts in just nine weeks. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. NBA champion. He hit it high. Bang! It's good. It's good. And the Mavericks have won the game. If you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everyday or subscribe or follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below let us know in the comment section what's your biggest question for the mavericks before training camp we've got ours we're going to share today if you want to support the show text us get text alerts from us let us know let me like get you get to know when i'm back in the country (laughs) and safe (laughs) and uh ask questions and all that subscribe to our subtext and get text straight to your phone we'll send out mavs rumors and all that kind of stuff as they come up joining me as always my co-host contributor at mavs.com and studio 41 the Weeback boy the one more thing king what you got for me isaac harris oh we're back together it, it was a so long good. week without you the people missed you we all miss you although i did text you and ask you hey what's the best thing you've eaten and you sent me <laughs> a picture of okay. a grasshopper taco i did don't defend this. Did you put it in the, the freezer or? In the freezer? What do you mean? I don't know. You like things in the freezer. So. <laughs> no, I did not put that in. The, uh, yeah, I put it. I, I had a grasshopper taco. I went to Oaxaca, Mexico. I just got back. And uh, they're known for their like chamones. I think that's what they call it. Ch- chamon. I, people are, are freaking out. Um, yep. But yeah, in Oaxaca, they're known for them. So it was delicious. I had amazing mole. I drank a lot of mezcal. It's like, you know how bourbon is like a variation of whiskey and it's only in Kentucky? Yeah. Where you're from? Uh, Mezcal is like a version of tequila that is like based in Oaxaca and it was amazing. I had a lot of that. Mm. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed my time. And now we back. Dang, we should have done a pod. (laughs) <laughs> had some really I, hot takes uh, on me. My internet was not good enough at all anywhere for, for me to do a podcast at all. But uh, all right, on today's show, we'll get into some big questions we want the Mavericks to answer before training camp. Training camp, Mavs Media Day at least, starts September 29th. That's nine weeks away, Isaac. Wow. Nine weeks. It's a long time. It seems like a long time. Yeah, it, it's it's two months. For two have. guys that, that podcast every single day, that's a long time. But this is not about us. This is not about it. This is about the Mavericks, so. who have questions they need to answer. And so Isaac and I both have three questions. We didn't tell each other what they are, and so we're going to bring them up. And I'm going to start here. Okay, sure. Can the Mavericks afford to risk it at center? Oh, risk it all. They, they But they are at this point, right? Because at this point, where the Mavericks stand right now, the Mavericks have Dwight Powell probably starting. What is it, your heart or your head that says that, that Dwight the Dwight is going to start? I think I'm getting confused on him now. <laughs> I love that Tim Cato brought that up in in his episode that you guys did last week. Go listen to that one if you haven't. I did. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is a wild card that it could be a starter. Probably pencil in for some minutes. Derek Lively, 
who's probably going to be brought along slowly, eventually get have a big role there, but not right off the bat, I don't think. Maxie's going to play some center minutes. Grant Williams probably is going to play some center minutes. I'm, ex- I'm interested to see those kind of really small lineups. Ooh. But the Mavericks are right now risking it at center. They're just running it back with that. I came into the offseason and throughout the season was like, if the Mavericks don't fix the center spot, or if Dwight Powell is a starting center to start the season, the offseason will be a failure. And I'm going to still stand by that. I don't think they could just risk it to go into the season. I think it will be a mistake uh, unless Rashawn Holmes is better than I think. And unless Derek Lively is more ready and they're, and the Mavericks and Jason Kidd is more ready to hand out minutes to Derek Lively earlier than I think. Because if they just come back with the center rotation like it is right now to start the season, I think it'll be a big mistake and I don't think they can afford it. Yeah, I, th- I think I would almost like push the date back <laughs> for the failure part. I think I would push it back to like the trade deadline and be like, "Hey, if Dwight Powell's the starting center past the trade deadline, this is this, then- but this is what I'm talking about, though. Can they afford to <laughs> wait that long? Because I, I feel I feel like they could like keep the ship afloat, not be the best version of themselves, but keep the ship afloat. I'm still How? not a fan of it. How? long did we say that last year how much time and minutes on this podcast did we spend talking about that last year listen my son just turned five years old yesterday and when he was born dwight was the starting center (laughs) so his entire his entire life dwight has been the starting center for the mavs um children have been born and are now entering kindergarten (laughs) It is. Listen, we've talked to us a lot. It sucks because Dwight has become the punching bag for a lot of fans. He's a great guy. And and it's not. Yeah, it's not about him. And he's actually a a, a good player. It's just he's always played in this role that's been just a step above what he should be playing. He should be a backup big, like a backup big who comes in and runs pick and roll with Luca. Like that, that should be the role. It can't be a starting center that is 35 minutes a night, 30 minutes a night. So Udonis Haslam I, I still on, the, think... on the heatles, right? Like Udonis Haslam came off the bench. <laughs> Great role for him. But if you tried to thrust him into a role that was bigger than himself, it, the team wouldn't look good. I'm st- am I, is it bad that I'm still I still think that they trade for a center before opening? Night? Well, so this is that's the other that's the other side of it is that you brought up with Tim Cato said, you know, do the Mavericks do the Clint Capella thing? Mark Stein, who does his uh, Saturday Sports World on on the Freak every Saturday, I think every single Saturday he's done it what four or five times now. Every Saturday, said, "Well, you know, the Mavericks are still waiting on a Clint Capella trade. They would really, the Mavericks would love a Clint Capella trade." I think like he's <laughs> brought that up every week, and he brought it up again this past week. And you brought up Decato, and he said he didn't think that Capella was that much of an upgrade over over what Dwight Powell is. You and I both vehemently disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I told Tim on that on that pod last week of, yeah, I think I, I think the gap between Clint Capella and Dwight's probably a little bit bigger than what Tim thinks. But Tim's point was like, hey, is it worth just is it worth giving up assets for a guy yeah, that fair. he that he doesn't think will make them a, a you know a title contender and all that? I think I'm just like, I'm just so burnt on the center position. I'm just ready for a new guy. So. It's probably a bad spot to be in, but uh, you know what? I just need it. I need and, a new big down there. And your take on the center has been they should just start Derek Lively from the from the jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's between those three, I think they should just start start Lively, let him get his reps, 
let him get fouls, let him learn, and then you know when he gets his foul calls, bring bring Dwight in, bring Rashawn Holmes in. So Rashawn Holmes is the wild card in all of this, for sure. To where if he comes in a camp and he's legit good, you know, good relative, then it's like all right, there's your stopgap. You know, there that that buys you some time until the trade deadline or whatever. So. It's a risk, though. Can they afford to risk it? That's my big question is, can they afford to risk it? Can they, you know, they're going, they they, they don't, they're not in the driver's seat on a Clint Capella trade, right? That's why Mark Stein keeps bringing it up that they would love to do yeah. some kind of Clint Capella trade with the Hawks because it would only happen if they're a third team. And if you're the third team, you're, you get in on an ancillary side of a trade and you're, you're not one of the main players in it. And so they, they can't, they don't control their own destiny with a center, another center besides the three that we've talked about at this point. And so can they afford to yeah. risk it? Can they afford to risk it by just playing it safe with Dwight Powell? Can they afford to risk hoping that Rashawn Holmes is the wild card that will work out? Can they afford to risk it? Like Isaac says that they should just start Derek Lively from the, from the jump because he's the, he's the type of player that they need so badly that they should just go with him. And that's my big question. And so coming up, let's get into some more big questions. Uh, I want to know about the bench guards. I also have a question about, Jason Kidd, and Luka Doncic. We'll talk about those two things coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel has the best odds and all kinds of stuff. The Rangers made a big trade today. Getting, yeah, get, they made a couple. Getting Max Scherzer. I think that's a good thing if I know anything about baseball, which I do not. Uh, but you can go check out any kind of stuff on FanDuel Sportsbook. Go see what's available. You can take your first swing at betting MLB. And you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You can go check out MLB and see what kind of World Series odds they have. The Rangers, plus 800 right now. The only teams above the Rangers are the Braves at plus 300, Dodgers plus 450, Rays plus 850. That's it. And then, and then our Texas Rangers. So go check it out on FanDuel. Again, you can get your uh, bonus bets up to $200. Go to sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps. Being part of this show, being part of the Raccoon Squad and every day or listening every day. If you're listening to this show, on July 31st, when we haven't had a Mavs rumor in uh, weeks. 84 years. <laughs> I applaud you. You're my favorite. All right, Isaac, give me one of your big questions that need to be answered before training camp. I just want to say my transitions out of breaks were better. Than <laughs> I definitely um, enjoyed them and laughed more during your transitions. For sure. <laughs> All right. Um, my number one question, is the Luca body real mm. or not? This is this is what Body if there's anything, yeah, yeah. if we had to pinpoint anything that Mavs fans are talking about the most right now over the past week or so, it's the body of Luka Doncic. <laughs> uh, I can't I like there's a I don't want to say I feel bad for him because, yes, he's a millionaire. He's playing basketball, like all this stuff. But there is a weird spot to where, like, every single picture you post, everybody's examining it, posting, you know, last year to this year and, and all of this. I'm I'm sorry guys. I I'm just not gonna do it. I'm not gonna buy into it until I see him for myself at, at training camp, media day, and all of that. I just can't. I'm not, I, I've I've been burnt too many times. <laughs> I've seen him run the stairs, you know, too many times. I've seen I've seen it all. I just gotta see him in person before 
I'm, you know, posting all the pictures and everything of him and his Sylvania cutoff. America Ferreira's uh, monologue in Barbie has entered the chat when talking about uh, overanalyzing body image in pictures all, all the time. Uh-oh. Um, I, it's just what we're going to talk about because it's all about his conditioning. And the only thing we have right now is still images and quick clips from uh, of his conditioning with, with a cone drill or his running up the stairs or him dunking and doing a pull-up on the rim where his his head then becomes the net <laughs> part of the net. like that's all we have to, to hold on to right now but th- his conditioning is a big deal I mean it's I think it's one of the reasons why the Mavericks lost a bunch of games last year fair or not fair it's all it's all on him because he's just he's so good just such a good player and he wasn't as I good mean, in- I wouldn't say it's all on him i okay, would just but, say no but, it but definitely played a factor into it yes i w- i would say some of them are on him because no one else was lifting the team up it was just it was just him and if he wasn't so good so crisp so good in the clutch they lost a bunch of cl- they played 41 clutch games last year and they lost a whole bunch of them and those are those were on him it's not fair that it was that it was on him but it is and so we you know but that but that's what it is and so we look at it now it's okay can he be better can Kyrie help him in those moments now can you know he carry the team a little bit more and, and those are the things that we're talking about but do you so where do you stand on is is Luca's physique real or is it not I mean I th- I, I mean I, I hope so I mean he's he's talked about it. I mean I think he said in that press presser uh seen some you know translations of it of hey yeah. You know he he feels better. You know he he feels like he looks better. Hopefully you know people can see it and stuff too. So like I I I feel like he he does look better uh, than past off seasons. But we just got to see it. I mean we'll see it in the World Cup stuff. But we got to. I'm not gonna you know hype it up or anything until I see him in person. And then I'll I'll do a whole dang emergency pod if I see him in person. And you know he's <laughs> Magic Mike. At the very least, he looks better than what we than what we've seen in the yeah. past. And it's all about for him. I mean, I feel like we talked about conditioning thing. It's like a broken record for him. It's all about reaching the the final potential for him and the Mavs. He could step out there and be out of shape and and do all the crazy things that he's done over the past few years. He has and and put up and yeah and put up all all the insane numbers and everything. But if he wants to win an MVP, multiple MVPs, if he wants to go to an NBA Finals and have a shot at the Finals and all of that. He's got it. He's that's the area that he's got to improve on the most. And it helps with those fourth quarters. It helps with the deep playoff run. It helps with your health and all the injuries and all that stuff. So that's, it's just the, the final, you know, it's the final boss. He kind of has to defeat before he, he wins the, you know, beats the game and helps him on defense for sure. (laughs) And that's a, a big area of growth. The Mavericks need to, to undergo. So, yeah, again, it's not fair that so much pressure is put on Luca and his conditioning, but it is. And he's and every star, every star goes through this. We've talked about this so many times how, you know, Jokic got married one offseason and got in shape and then won an MVP and how Joel Embiid got engaged or or, you know, had a, had his his son and got into really good shape and then had his, you know, runner-up MVP season like but those guys. Some people are the opposite. It's the Giannis Anthony Davis that started off as, you know, stick from Bugs Life, and then they, you know, put on weight and won well, championships. Everybody's getting into a shape. It just depends on what that shape is. Is it a rhombus? Is it an oval? Is it a circle? You know, what what shape are you getting into? But so and and those guys, the 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 Giannis, the Embiid, the, even Anthony Davis, it all happened around like 26, 27 years old. 
So it sometimes it just takes time for those guys to mature, to you know, to take it seriously. To all right, if I want to hit this next level, Luca Luca is a four time first team All NBA, and we're talking about him not taking his conditioning seriously. That's crazy. And so he could just roll out, of, like you said, he could just roll out of bed. Uh, but that is a big question, and we'll see it, like you said, coming up in this World Cup. We'll cover them just like their Mavericks games. I think we got a couple this week, a couple uh, coming up. I'm, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see, is Mike Toby on the team again? Ch- I know Conchar is on the team, or uh, Chanchar. Let's go. I'm ready. ready. My other question, <laughs> how does the Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Jaden Hardy trio work out? I'm curious about that. I don't know if we're going to – we won't get an answer before training camp unless there's a Tim Hard, a t- some kind of Tim Hardaway trade. But at this point, listen to the, some of these minutes these guys have played. Tim Hardaway, in his last four years for the Mavericks, 30 minutes, 29 and a half, 28.5, Tim Hardaway Jr. has never played less than 28.5 minutes per game when he's been on the Mavericks. And so if he wants if, if you need to get find minutes for both Jaden Hardy and for Seth Curry and maybe for Omax, you start looking around and you're like, okay, well, where am I gonna find these minutes? Uh Jaden Hardy last year played 15 minutes a game. After January 1st, he played 17 minutes a game. It's gonna be hard for him to find those minutes again with this roster now that Curry and Tim Hardaway and Kyrie are now on the team. Seth Curry played 20 minutes a game last year in Portland. He played 33 minutes a game the year before with Philly and Brooklyn combined. The last time he played in Dallas, he played 25 minutes a game in the 2019-2020 season. Tim Hardaway's spot's not going anywhere. If he's on the team, he's he's locked in for his minutes. Like that, how many that is that? Ain't... Is it is it 20 minutes? Is it 25 minutes? Is it? I mean, he oh, I think played, it's at least 25. He hasn't played less than 28 and a half. Yeah, I think it's at least 25. And I know fans probably won't like it, but it, it's going to be Tim Hardaway, and then it's going to be Seth after that. And then it's going to be Hardy. Because it it's just, you know, even even on the scale of, you know, trade assets, you know what's not going to help the trade asset is, hey, you know, this guy just came to camp, and um, we kind of put him behind two other guys. And the other one is the second round pick we had last year. So now Tim's not playing. That ain't going to happen. Tim's still a good a, a good player. Like so he's better right now. He's better than Seth Curry and Jaden Hardy. So yes. yeah. They're going to they're going to play him. He's going to be their, you know, their sixth man off the bench cuz Josh is probably going to start. Well, look at look at what Rashawn Holmes and the Kings just did. Rashawn Holmes was playing for him 20 26 29 minutes a game for 3 years. Then he gets benched completely, and then they have to attach a first-round pick to get off of his contract, which is only two years and, like, you know, what, thir- $12, 13000000 million a year. Tim's is kind of the same thing, except for it's a little bit – it's more money than that. And so, yeah, you don't want to devalue the asset there. And I agree with you that I think he's better I – don't, I, I don't think he's a better shooter than Seth Curry, but he's bigger than Seth Curry. And uh, with Jaden Hardy, there's just a, a lot of still young player mistakes, even though he was fearless last year. Uh, but they all kind of. I, play, I don't they think all kind, that they all kind of play the same thing. Yeah, I also don't think he has to like give up minutes for Seth either. I think there's a there's a world that you know it's the it's Seth and Tim as the backup guards, you know, coming off the bench with Hardy as like the third one. Well, I've been I've been trying to track these minutes and try and figure out okay, well who's who's getting enough minutes, and if I just try to round these minutes out right now, I have Tim and Seth both playing twenty and Jaden Hardy playing fifteen. I think there is. 
I think there's what is that? Thirty five minutes for those guys. <laughs> so, I would take Jaden down to down to ten and five for more for Tim. For Tim, so twenty five for Tim. And I'm not saying that's something that I would want. That's what I'm we just think saying is it's currently con- currently constructed. Yeah. I don't think that this coaching staff and everybody's going to say, hey, Tim, you're not going to be playing very much because Jaden's going to get some minutes. I just don't think so. Now, what if it, what happens, what we all think would and should happen, is they sh- you know they trade out Tim for a big, and then bam, it opens up the spot for Jaden Hardy, and Jaden has more minutes and with Seth and all that. Coming up, I have a question about Jason Kidd. And Isaac's got another And question. I have a question about their international travels. All right, Isaac Harris, we're asking the big questions that need to be answered before training camp. We were asking about Lucas' physique. I want to know about the center position. I want to know about the bench trio. Give me another one of your questions. Will the international trip <laughs> help them or hurt them? So – they are heading this preseason. That's why their media day is going to be on a Friday, can, uh, where most teams' media day is going to happen on like a Monday. Um, but the, so there's going to be a push ahead just a little bit because they're headed to Abu Dhabi and they're going to play two games over there October 5th, October 7th. And then they're going to play a game after the, the week after that in Madrid on October 10th. So I guess my question with it is. Is this going to be one of the trips that the team really comes together and it's a team chemistry? There's a lot of bonding. They're together for you know two weeks. What team's going to have, you know, what other teams are going to really have that? They were all vibes team two years ago. I would say the vibes were not fully there last year. <laughs> Safe to assume. So can they bring the vibes back on this trip, being together for those couple weeks, traveling, playing those three games and all of that or will it be the trip that we reference a hundred million times and be like dude you know they're they're three and 12 <laughs> to start the season and they just look tired and like dang this trip really sunk them to start the year the other team that can say they had that kind of trip is the timberwolves because that's the team they're gonna play yeah <laughs> you said you said what other team could say that they have this kind of oh, like, sorry. experience? The other team is the Timberwolves, but I, yeah. I agree, so Cat and <laughs> all their bigs are going to have a big bonding moment. Big, big bonding moment. This it's it's an interesting question to start the season. I I don't know if we can know this before it won't. It definitely won't be no. answered. But it is it is a good question. You got one more, right? Yeah. All right, my last one. Does Jason Kidd take a different approach to coaching Luca and Luca and Kyrie and season mm-hmm. urgency? I have lots of questions about Jason Kidd. We'll do multiple episodes about, about Jason Kidd and his coaching. I think it's something we haven't addressed enough because of player movement and free agency and all that. Um, but with Jason Kidd, you've got to take a different approach with Luca and, and Kyrie, I think. They won their minutes, and yet somehow the team lost a ton of games with, with them. Uh, and so I'm not sure what he should do differently at this point, but he's got to do something different. And so I'm, I need to see that. And then the other thing is about the urgency of the season. Remember late in the season when the Mavericks were looking to not make the playoffs and he was asked by Tim Kalashaw, is there a sense of urgency right now? Do, you know, is there any kind of, he said, no, you know, if we, you know, if we miss the playoffs then we miss the playoffs and I, they can't miss the playoffs again. 
or big changes or big changes will happen. And so I'm curious yeah, what he's he, gone. I, I think so. What kind of approach will he take to the beginning of the season? And especially with Luca and with Kyrie together, uh, I'm curious about all that. Cause they've got to change. They've got to change their approach for those guys on the court and just the urgency of the beginning of the season in general. Yeah. I'll be curious to see the, you know, what, if anything is different with the Luca and Kyrie pairing, everybody's thrown out their record of them, you know, playing together at the end of last season, all that. Some of it's fair, some of it's not. not. (laughs) Yeah. And, but some, some of it's skewed because it's, you know, were they really trying to fully win? Were they not like, so, so anyway, um, no, I can answer that question. Yes. (laughs) They were trying to win when those guys at least played, when those two guys were on the floor, they tried to, they, they were not good at it. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I just want to see what they change up with that. Is it rotations or do they just write it off and say, Hey, that was just their first stretch together. Let's yeah. just, you know, let's run that same thing back and see what it looks like. Two different styles, same rotation, like all that stuff. So, and, yeah. and that that's my point with the urgency. Do they just write it off? Is, is the message going into training camp? You know, they were injured last year. You know, I think they'll be better together. Do they write, do they just write it off like that? Which is, you know, feels like a people forget about Frank way to approach the to approach this. Oh, uh, Frank! That, that situation. I mean, it will just keep people forget about Frank. It will just keep getting brought up over and over again. We hopefully Nico says to us like, "Hey, people are forgetting about Dante." <laughs> we need that so bad. Explain All right, so here, <laughs> here. Here's my last question. My last question is, and this is. Besides the center spot, this is my biggest question about the roster. Who is your point of attack defenders? Yeah. And by losing Reggie and keeping Tim, you're putting a ton of pressure on Josh Green. Because I, I like I did a whole pod on Dante Exum, deep deep dive, everything. I'm excited about Dante Exum, the flyer and all of that. I wouldn't say Exum projects to be in the rotation right now. So, but Outside of Josh Green, you don't have anybody else who can guard a point guard. So, I mean, Grant Williams is on, you know, what, J.J. Reddick's pod or Theo's pod saying, hey, this is who I struggle with the most is the quicker, smaller guards. And you don't want him to do and, that. I mean, that, that's not what he's no, going to be asked to do. Exactly. You're not asking Luka to do it. You don't want Kyrie running around all the time. And you, you know who else is known for defense? Seth Curry or Jaden Hardy. So it's like, Josh Green, you're up. So – that's the thing. It's like you had Reggie Bullock and then you had a couple of guys. So after, after Josh green, it's Dante Exum. But so that that's one of my biggest questions right now is just how it's just a lot of pressure on Josh green. It's a lot of pressure for him to stay healthy. Cause I mean, gosh, what if, what if Josh goes out, you know, he, he's hurt for a bit. Who's guarding your point guards at that point, Tim. Okay. You just running zone a lot. I mean, so, well, anyway, that's just one of my questions. I, you know, is it a trade? Is it somebody takes a big leap? Is it a Jaden Hardy taking a big leap defensively? You know, what is that? I, I don't know. The answer to, the, to your question is who's the other guy to guard point of it? It is Kyrie. I mean, he was, he was their best guard defender to end the season last year. But you want that all season? Not all season, you but be, also. I feel like that's asking a lot of him. In the playoff run two years ago, they had Bullock, they had Dorian. They had Josh who played, you know, sparingly like off the bench. 
Frank Nilakina played a little bit here, and I mean they didn't have multiple guys either. But but Dorian but Dorian could guard points though. Dorian took time guarding points. Grant Williams not. I mean I guess they could try, but that's not what they're like. Dor I mean how many times do we see Dorian checking point guards? You know his length. He was a little quicker. Yeah. All that like he could. They had multiple guys to do that. Right now it's Josh. Yeah, it's Josh and Dante. It's Josh. Ky it's Josh Dante Kyrie. Then you're like, okay, I guess we're throwing Tim out there, and this yeah, is the opportunity. Seth. This is the opportunity for your boy Omax. Yeah, I mean, yeah, can he? Can, yeah, that's exactly. Can he guard points? Can he guard, yeah, can he guard points mean, or you know shooting guards that attack? Because imagine them playing the Suns right now. So you put Grant Williams on Kevin on Kevin Durant. You put. Josh Green on Devin Booker. Who are you putting on Bradley Beal? Kyrie. Kyrie, probably, right? At, at this point, you're putting Kyrie there. You're putting yeah. your center on, on Aiton, and then you're putting Luka on the Katie Bates job, the Okoji, the, whoever, <laughs> whoever else is the other one. And so that that's the question is who guards the Beal at that point uh, when you're playing a team like that? Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting conundrum they're going to have to figure out. And one of the reasons why we, we haven't gone over – overboard with oh the Mavericks are so much better than than they were last season they still got to prove a couple things and so those are the questions we want answered before training camp let us know in the comment section what questions do you want the Mavericks to answer before training camp again it's coming up September 29th is media day so guys let us know in the comment section subscribe to our subtext we'll be back tomorrow guys thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs peace out boom